out there in the children's ministry? Okay. Well, let's, uh, let's pray. Father, we love you. We thank you for this time together, and we pray for a supernatural work of your Holy Spirit in our lives and in our church, Father. I thank you for our pastor, Lord, and this, the work you're doing in him, Father. I thank you for the word that he preaches uncompromised. Father, we pray for those who hear the word of God. Father, may we be doers of the word of God. Help us to be bold in an ever-changing world, Father, of, of, of compromise with, even within the church, Lord. So, Father, we pray for a supernatural work of your Spirit as we see these end times, Lord, and just the heightenedness of, uh, of wickedness, Lord, uh, just, just being in, your, in our face, so to speak, Lord. And, Father, we know it's going to even get worse. So, Father, we pray for that outpouring of your Spirit, Lord, that we may be bold. Father, that we may be wise, and Father, that we would glorify you in all that we say and do, in Jesus' name, amen. All right, uh, the last time we were together, um, we focused on character and service in ministry, and you know, one of the things, leadership is, is good. Uh, it's kind of like uh, this guitar here, uh, to get together as leaders because uh, this guitar is often played, but it often needs a tune-up. And, and as well, uh, as leaders, we need a, t- a tune-up, so to speak. I do personally, I, I try to listen to uh, leadership podcasts and, and just to keep me fresh, to keep me uh, thinking, having somebody else speak and uh, me listening, and to evaluate my own heart and my own motives for ministry. So the last time we were together, so character is very important as a leader, but also our service, we're doing it as unto the Lord. But Warren Wiersbe said in his book, uh, Ten Principles for Ministry, the mark of a true servant of God is a towel, not a scepter. See, we're called to serve like Jesus did in John chapter 13. He got on his knees and he served those uh, in his in his presence as jesus said in matthew chapter 25 verse 40 whatever you do to the least of these my brethren you did it to me so our ministry is to the lord you know we're to treat people as to the lord we're to uh, service as unto the lord but leaders as we're, as god has called us to lead uh, we're called to lead in an attitude of love. Because love for the sheep, love for the sheep begins with love for the shepherd. I have to have love for the shepherd to have love for his sheep. You see, he died to save them. He died to save them. And we are called to die as well. Before Peter was commissioned to the care of God's sheep, God's people, Jesus asked him three times, Peter, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? You see, the question was both appropriate and penetrating and is still applicable to us today. Do we love him? Is that our motive for serving? See, if we don't love the shepherd, how can we love his sheep? Warren Wiersbe said, the servant of the Lord can't minister effectively if mixed motives compete in his heart. So i got to pray for my own heart. Is is there a mixed motive? Is there there things that are competing for God's love 
in my heart. Because there can be. I could have a love for attention. I could have, as a leader, I could have love for praise. Oh man, you're, you're, so, you're so great. I could have a love for money. I could have a love for position. I could have a love for authority. And I could even have a love for ministry. And Warren Wiersbe says these things can never glorify God. These things can never glorify God. As God's servants, God will get us through the hills and valley of service. But it is through love. You see, love for Christ can do that. Love for Christ can do that. You know, Paul said, for the love of Christ constrains us. You see, love is an easy word to say. Love is an easy word to say. We have all said it. I've said it, you know, in my youth to many women, many young girls. I love you. I love you. And it's cheap. You see, the word is easy to say, but it's more difficult to demonstrate. See, we're called to demonstrate our love for our Savior and His love for His people. Romans chapter 5, verse 8 says, But God demonstrates His own love towards us in why we were yet sinners. Christ died for us. So that's the love. It's a love that dies to self and lives for God. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 5 says, But God, who is rich in mercy, man, I, I want to be rich in mercy. God who is rich in mercy because of his great love, that word agape, a great love in which he loved us even when we were dead in sins and trespasses. He's made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved through faith that not of ourselves. A gift of God. Man, that's, that's love. He demonstrated his love for us even when we were his enemies. Agape, love. You know, look at the rich young ruler. The rich young ruler, uh, it says that Jesus, in Mark chapter 10, verse 21, that, that Jesus looked at him. Jesus looking at him, and it says he loved him. He loved him, even though he rejected him and walked away. It says Jesus loved him, and he said, one thing you lack. One thing you lack. He said, go your way, sell whatever you have, give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. And come, take up your cross, an instrument of death, instrument of sacrifice, and follow me. And that's what we're called to do, is we're called to take up our cross in a loving manner and follow him and his example. You see, the greatest demonstration of love is obedience to the Father even when it hurts, even when it's hurt, even when it's difficult. And, and God has called us to ministry, and it isn't easy. You see, the word love we're speaking about is the word agape. It, the, the motive of love and ministry, it's, it's a love that goes beyond feelings. It's a love that goes beyond my feeling. It's a sacrificial love regardless of the, con of the conditions regardless of the conditions. Agape can be defined as unselfish concern for the welfare of others. Unselfish concern for the welfare of others. And those are the ones we serve. 
Turn with me if you have your Bible to 1 Corinthians chapter 13, which is entitled The Love Chapter. Because the motive of our ministry should be love, a love for God and a love for His people. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 1 says, Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I have become a sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. You see, we could have natural talent, speaking abilities, but without love, it produces no further than reaching the ceilings or to feed our ego. You know, that, that's basically what he's saying. Because first of all, the, the, the instrument he uses for, is a brass, uh, a metal object which is synonymous with judgment. If you see brass through the whole Bible, it's always synonymous with judgment. And a clanging cymbal is an idea of something, of something that's a hallowed vessel. It's empty inside. And, our, and we have to pray that love is in our hearts and the motive of what we do things is in tune with God. You see, this speaks of emptiness, and in the end, we, are, we show nothing but judgment. We have nothing to show for but nothing and judgment. But verse 2 says, Although I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and knowledge, though I have all faith that I could remove mountains but have lo- not love, I am nothing. I am nothing. So we might have a spirit spiritual highlight or we could hit the spiritual highlights of doing something for the lord that just spectacular or whoa the highlight reel so to speak of of ministry here on earth but by god but by god's estimation here it registers as a big nada you know i could have all these spiritual talents and gifts and and if I don't do it with the right motive, it registers in heaven as nada, nothing, nothing. Remember Matthew chapter 7, verse 21. You know, remember they said, Lord, have we not done this? And have we not done that? And have we not done this? And he, the Lord will say, depart from me. I never knew you. So we could even have the sense of of ministry and not even know the Lord. We could just be going through the routine. We could be doing it for some kind of motive. But to know the Lord. And he says, you who practice lawlessness. No relationship with God and practicing lawlessness in ministry. Dangerous place. I have to check my heart. I have to check my motives. So there is a danger we could have a sense of spirituality, a kind that has knowledge and demonstrates spiritual gifts. And we might astonish some, but to God it is clear. If it's not done with the motive of love, He says it's nothing. It's nothing. Verse 3 says, Though I bestow all my gifts to feed the poor, and though... I give my body to be burned, but have not love. It profits me nothing. Philanthropy. We could just we could be philanthropists. Altruistic concerns with human wel- welfare or uh, the advancement of, of a people. 
You know, we could give donations and, and be generous uh, socially to uh, certain purposes. But it's not enough without the motive of love. You see, in the Bible, in, in Galatians chapter 5 and verse 22, Paul says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love. The fruit of the Spirit is love. Then he defines, he says, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, temperance, meekness. But long-suffering is one of the characteristics and the marks of love. Long-suffering. We don't like to suffer. We don't like to suffer in ministry. But it says it's the fruit of the Spirit. Here in verse 4 in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, here's where love is tested. You see, because our love for God and our love for people is going to be tested and manifested by what we do and how we act and how we react. He says, love suffers long and is kind. So the inference is you're going to suffer, but are you going to be kind through it? Love is kind through it. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself, is not puffed up. So I got to ask myself, do I envy others in ministry and, and their position and their roles and responsibility? Do I parade, parade myself and pout myself on the back? Is, is the motive of love my own applause? Am I puffed up in ministry and thinking that I'm the only one? But he goes on to say is, love does not behave rudely. Am I acting rude? Do I need a heart check? Because love does not behave rudely. You know, we're going to deal with difficult people. We're going to deal with extreme situations. But an emphasis of love is that which doesn't retaliate. It goes on to say love does not seek its own. It's, it's not about me. Ministry is not about me. Love does not self-exalt or self-promote. Love is not provoked, it says here. Speaking of love is not touchy, not easily baited or aroused to act emotionally. And we, we have to pray for our hearts. That we're not get touchy, overly sensitive, or baited into you know wrong behavior, or, or our actions based upon our emotions. It says, "Love thinks no evil." As we continue, love thinks no evil. It's not preoccupied with evil. You know, I'm learning Spanish right now, and and the word worry in Spanish, I'm probably going to get corrected, preocupado. Correct? Preocupado. Okay? Preoccupied. Preoccupied. That's the, that's the word worry. I'm preoccupied with something. And it's evil. I'm overly suspicious. I'm worried. But it says love thinks no evil. But love does not rejoice in iniquity. It goes on to say love rejoices in the truth. To the loving heart, those who have agape love, 
should grieve for the lost. We should grieve for the lost. Jesus did. We should grieve over sins and its binding and uh, effects on people. We should grieve instead of rejoice. We see Jesus, remember Jesus in his triumphal entry into Jerusalem, he, he saw the rejection and he, and, and, and he wept for the people who would reject him and reject the Savior. Do we weep for the people? But a loving heart takes pleasure in biblical truth. We rejoice in the truth. We rejoice in God's mercy. But here it continues to say love bears all things. Love bears all things. So the inference is we're going to go through difficulties in ministry. But I have to bear it. I, I have to bear it. But you know what the great thing is? I don't have to bear it apart from the work of the Holy Spirit in my life. You know, I, I hear people say, God won't give you something you can't handle. Yes, He will give you something you can't handle so you could trust in His power, not your own. Not your own. Love bears all things. Think of first, uh, first century Christianity. Man, they were beaten. They were crucified. They were stoned. They were dragged into prisons. Their families were taken away. The men, were, men and women were dragged into prison. And what happened to the kids? But they, didn't, they lived a non-compromising life. And love, it says here, believes all things. Believes all things. We have to have that faith. And love that believes, as Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20 through 21 says, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us. And I want that kind of love. I want that kind of faith. I want that kind of belief that he's able to do more than I can ask or think. And he has a power that he wants to work in me. But it says, to him be the glory. For his glory in the church to all generations forever and ever. And I say amen. But it says love as we continue hopes all things. Hopes all things. Hope in ministry. Hope is important. You know, Pastor Chuck taught, told a story about hope. You know, they did a, an experiment. You probably heard me share this before. They did experiments with rats. And they put rats, a bunch of rats in, in, this, in this tank of water. And they, they put on their watch and they, they did an experiment over and over and over and over again. And the, all, the, all the rats would die at a certain time. At, at the same exact moment, all the rats would just, would just die. And they, they, were like, they were kind of amazed. Why would all the rats die at the same time? So what they did the next in the experiment is they put another batch of rats in there. And so they timed it. They knew at 20 minutes and 30 seconds that all these rats are going to die. So what they would do is they put those rats in the tank and, what, and, and at 20 minutes and 15 seconds, they got the rats and they took them out. And then they put them back in. And they did that over and over and over again. They, at 
at 20 minutes and 15 seconds, they'd pull the rats out. And then here was the test. They put the rats in there again. And the rats were swimming 20 minutes, 15 seconds, and then they let it go. And none of the rats were dying at 20 minutes and 30 seconds no more. Those rats clung and clung and clung to life. You know why? Because they knew somebody was going to intervene and save them. And a lot of times, you know, we give up so, so quickly. And we don't let God intervene in our lives. And we're like those rats. We're like, man, pull me, you know, I, I should be like that rat. Pull me out. I trust you. I trust you're going to intervene in my situation. And a lot of times we miss out on what God wants to do in our lives because we panic. We lose hope. And if we lose hope as leaders, the people will lose hope. So we ha our faith is very important. Hope's all things. Love hopes all things. I, man, you know, I, I have people coming to me, man, who, who, who are desperate. Their children are suffering. Going through just the heavy stuff where where they're weeping for their children and you know i i read last night and i got to share with one of the ladies today is is god is able you know i read last night mark chapter i think is chapter four where G, where and gennesaret jesus heals this demonic possessed person and he was clothed and sitting in his right mind so if jesus could do that for him and what he's done for me he could do it for your child why i'm the rat that jesus saved and so jesus can save your rat too there's no one beyond look at look at paul the apostle paul one who you know tried to kill christianity stomp it out man god saved him so hope's all things. Love, in the next sentence, endures all things. God has called us to have an enduring love, a love that endures difficulties and trials and difficulties. Why? Because in the next line it says, love never fails. Love never fails. And you know whose love? Jesus' love. He never fails me but I have to learn to put my faith and trust in Him. And the rem remainder of the chapter says, but whatever there are prophecies, they will fail. Whether, whether there are tongues, they will cease. Where there is knowledge, it will vanish away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part, but that which is perfect has come, then that which is part will be done away. And speaking here in the context of love, he says, when I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child, I thought as a child, but when I became a man, speaking of maturity in faith, I put away the childish things. For now I, I see in a mirror dimly. See, we see dimly, but God sees all things. I have to trust Him. But then face to face, I know in part, but then I shall know just as I also am known. And he concludes with this. And now abides faith, hope, and love. These three, but the greatest of these is a love. Agape love. 
So I have to look at myself as a minister and you do the same as a minister. You know, we have to look in the perfect law of liberty, as James even tells us, that we are to look in the word as a mirror. Do I fail in these areas? Do I need work in these areas? Are there competing areas in my life for, for my attention, my love, my devotion to Him and to His people? And then I call out for help, and He's able to help. In closing, I got some principles from Joshua chapter 24. A, gr- a great leader at the end of his life learned a lot of lessons. Joshua was Moses' assistant for many years. He leads the people into the promised land. But a good leader learns from history. We have to learn from history. A good leader acknowledges that God does the greater part in ministry. God does the greater part. I just have to watch Him do it and make myself available to Him. A good leader gives, gives gives glory where glory is due. We need to give God more glory in our ministries. To God be the glory. I'm doing it for the glory of God. A good leader is is uncompromising and will not tolerate disunity. Why? It breaks his heart. It breaks his heart. Disunity. A good leader will graciously invite disunity to leave. If I have an un, a divided heart in ministry, it's time for me to leave. I want to be a wing and not a weight. A good leader knows when to speak and when to let the Lord speak for himself. You know, a lot of times we go to difficulties. Uh, a lot of times we wait to watch God do a work of his spirit in the lives of those around us. A good leader knows where God guides. God provides amen a good leader is reverent respectful before god and man a good leader is a servant we're called to be like jesus to serve and not to be served a good leader is sincere and he lovingly or she lovingly serves his people A good leader walks in biblical truth. That's why we need to be in the Word every day. A good leader is not afraid to call idolatry, idolatry. A good leader rallies the troop to serve God, to give glory to God, to give glory to the Lord. So we rally each other, we encourage one another and support one another. A good leader doesn't promise false hope, but promotes the only way. And we heard that here in this pulpit this morning. A good leader promotes in public what he practices in the home. I need to promote what I practice in my home. A good leader is not afraid of telling others about God's conditions in a loving manner. I'm going to speak the truth in love. Why? Because we're concerned. A good leader is not afraid to tell others about the consequences of God's wrath, God's judgment. 
a warning to those who walk away and a harsher warning to those who mislead people or even abuse the sheep. A good leader is not afraid of pointing out compromise in a concerned and caring way. A good leader finishes what God calls him to do. A good leader will die one day. A good leader will die one day like all good leaders. But we're called to instill the same leadership qualities to those who replace us when we're gone. I'm praying to be that leader. I'm praying for you guys as leaders too, that God would stir us up, that we would love God all the more, that He would do a work of His Spirit in our hearts. Love that verse in uh, Philippians chapter 4, verse 6, He who began a good work in me is faithful to complete it. So I say, have your way, Lord. I'm sorry, Philippians chapter 1, verse 4, right? 1-6, One, six. One, six. thank you, bro. Let's pray. Father, we love you. And Father, we want to glorify you as leaders, Lord. So Father, we're praying, Father, for forgiveness. Father, forgive me in my shortcoming areas in this list, in this Bible passage. It's your word. I see my own failures and shortcomings here, Lord. I, I pray for a, a quickening, Lord, a stirring up. Father, as I confess my failure, Father, I confess my great need for you in those areas, Lord. My Father, I pray for my brothers and sisters likewise, Lord, for we all should recognize something or another because when I look at that word love, I could only see you. behaving in a manner befitting all those things. Jesus, you are love. And I know my life compared to yours, I fall short. Father, I pray, Father, that you would cleanse. Father, that you would wash and that you would baptize us with the Holy Spirit. Father, strengthen those things that are weak. Stir up your Spirit within us, Lord. Father, may we draw close to you. May we love you with all our hearts, all our soul, and all our strength. May we give nothing less. Teach us to be more like you. Help us to die when we're called to die. Help us in our pilgrimage as we suffer, as we go through hardships and difficulties in ministry, Lord. Your word says, endure, love endures all things, Lord. Give us an enduring a love for you and for your people, Lord. So, Father, on our own strength, we recognize we cannot do it. We will not finish. But with you, all things are possible. Pull us out, Lord. Give us faith. Give us that hope that we need, Father, to finish well, 
to finish strong, to give you all the glory where glory is due. So, Father, I thank you for my brothers and sisters, Lord. I thank you that they're here. Father, I thank you that they serve you, Lord. But, Father, I pray, Lord, as we examine our hearts, Lord, we would wait with expectancy to see you do a supernatural work in each other because it glorifies you, Lord. So, Father, we love you. We thank you for hearing our prayers, Lord. We thank you for, I thank you for the, these leaders. Father, just do an amazing work in them. We love for them to be a testimony of all that you desire to do in each one of our lives, Lord. May we cause growth in the body, edify one another. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Let's pr- we're we're going to pray for sister Laura